everyone. Welcome to another edition of Healthcare's Missing Link, a podcast where we help you find your missing link to your best life and your most optimal health for the rest of your days with greater clarity, of course, and greater passion. In today's episode, boy, we are like completely blessed to have a wonderful, wonderful man that I met um, a couple of years back. Addison Bevere, and I can't wait for you to get to know him in just a moment as we get into his life, this conversation. But if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, along with my wife, Dr. Michelle Neal Sherwood, who's my best friend, colleague, and queen. Uh, We run the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where our mission is to lead people down a pathway of true healing with two purposes in that. Number one, we want to eradicate all self-imposed choice-driven diseases. And number two, eliminate the usage of all unnecessary medications. So let's dive in. Addison, welcome. Thank you for being here with us today. I'm so excited, man. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mark. It's so good to be here. Love seeing yeah. your face. I tell you, man, we, we've had many conversations before. Yeah. Um, just a little about you that... Uh, our listeners don't know, obviously, and we're going to talk about your book, Saints Becoming More Than Christians, and it's, I'm just completely blown away with. I got stuck Thank on you. something you wrote in chapter two. We're going to dive into that in just a moment, but Addison is the husband uh, to his wife, of course, father of four, so the guy has four kids. busy, busy life. He's the COO of Messenger International, an organization that I'm very familiar with. We support, of course. It supports and impacts millions of people, not just in the United States, but literally around the world. He's the co-founder of Sons and Daughters TV. To learn more about him, and we'll repeat this information at the end, AddisonBevere.com. So let's dive in, man. You wrote this Let's do it. Saints becoming more than Christians, but you know, I just kind of want to lead into that with not everybody can write a book, man. What drove you to do that? Yeah, so Dr. Mark, it was one of those things where I didn't set out to write a book, it was one day I had this, I had this passion, I had this desire to put these thoughts on paper. And I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, I want to write a book, but they want to write a book just for the sake of writing a book. And then once you get in the project, you realize that you don't have the conviction, you don't have the vision to push through the struggle, the obstacles, the tension that comes with writing. And so for me, it was this, this passion and this own tension in my own life that drove me to the point where I had to put these, these words on paper to share them with others. Well, it's beautiful. And, and I'm going to not delay any longer with getting to something yeah. that I really want the listeners to catch because this is super powerful. And it's in... Uh, the chapter entitled Saints. Now, you know, well, when I hear that word, I'm kind of like the first, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, man, I don't feel like a saint, you know, what right. is, you know, am, am I, am I a Saint Peter? What am I, you know, but you write these words and I quote, at first glance, you may have struggled with this book's subtitle, becoming more than, and you've got quotes, Christians. And please understand, I'm not campaigning against the term Christian. Truth be be told, I'm not a bad identifier. It's not a bad identifier. But it has become too familiar, too cheap. Jesus and Christ are ubiquitous in speech and not always in a good sense. And as Westerners, we're more or less all cultural Christians. 
especially in the conservative pockets of society. Now, somebody would read those words and they're like, they may get offended by that. So, <laughs> uh, as we say in the South, explain yourself. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I might offend more people with my next statement. So, Dr. Mark, full, full disclosure, I feel like this is a safe place, so I'm going to tell you this. I haven't liked calling myself a Christian since I was probably 13 years old. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> I, I love that because, look, um, being a disciple yeah. is something I talk about in my, in my office here a lot. That just simply means you follow the disciplines or the habits you know, that you know are of someone you honor. Right. Right. And, right. You know, it's really interesting how that, you know, being a Christian, I'm not sure what that is either. So I, I totally agree with you. So let me break that down. Please. Let, me, let me let me explain why I, I don't like being called a Christian. I honestly haven't liked being called a Christian for over 20 years. And the reason is when we think of a Christian today, as you mentioned earlier, it's become a cultural term. It's lost its sense of meaning. And if you Google Christians are, if you just type that in, Christians are, you're going to find quite an array of responses. And a lot of the responses that you're going to find are negative and they're completely unlike the person of Jesus and the way he lived his life and the things that we are supposed to follow as, as followers of Jesus. And so for me, it's not that I'm ashamed of Jesus. It's not that I'm ashamed of the church. I believe Jesus is the one person who got this whole humanity thing right. What I don't like is I don't like the cultural labels and associations. And if you look at the New Testament, right? So this is fascinating. If you look at the New Testament, the word Christians used only three times. That's it. Three yep. times in the entire Old Testament. And it's actually used in a disparaging sense. And if you look at what was actually used, so you look at Paul's letters, what, what would he say? He'd say to the saints in Corinth. Yep. To the saints of Philippi, to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Rome. And so we, when we think of a saint today, we think of people in stained glass windows. We think of people with halos on their head. We think of people several notches way above us, something that we could never aspire to. But the reality is all of us are called to be saints. And it's not something that we become one day when we die. It's a mission. It's a purpose. It's a mystery that energizes and gives purpose to the present. And what a saint is, a saint is essentially a person of the kingdom. A saint plays by a higher set of rules. A saint is a person of vision. And because a saint is a person of vision, they merge the worlds of what is and what will be. They see things that other people can't see. They give meaning to the mundane, to the messiness of our brokenness, what it is to be human. And they reveal God's good world, his wholeness, his purpose for us here and now. And that's, that's what we all crave. We want to have a life like that. We want to have a life of significance. And so what it is to be a saint actually speaks to the deepest parts of who we are as humans. I love that because what you're saying is that we need to live like we're not from here. Live like it, this this whole world is, is, is foreign to us because it really is. You know, we really... Uh, Addison are having this conversation right now at the same time in eternity because it swallows up time. And yes. you know, would you say that the Christian label sometime has been like a, a cop out or maybe even an excuse of some sort? Absolutely. And I, and I would say that like for me, just being completely frank with you, I, I do not call myself a Christian. I, I just that. don't. Yep. Like, and, and I'm just, I'm just, it's not, again, I love Jesus. I love the Bible. Um, I believe Jesus is who he says he is. I believe that it is our responsibilities as humans. If we want to discover the flourishing life, 
to follow him. He's the one humanity who mm-hmm. got this whole thing right, as I said earlier. But for me, when I have conversations with contemporaries, when I have conversations with people who are outside the Christian bubble, that term doesn't do it for them. More and more people are referring to our world as a post-Christian world. In other words, they're saying, we tried that whole Christianity thing. It didn't work. So we're moving on to secularism. We're moving on to DIY spirituality. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, actually, nope, we've never really got this right. Like, If you look at the early church, they were turning the world upside down. Their messaging was invading every facet of culture. Why? Because they were saints. They realized that this message isn't about a small religious clique. It's about a fundamental change in how we view God, ourselves, and each other that changes everything about life. And that's what we need to get back to. And sadly, we've turned Christian into something that's very individualistic. It's very small. It's just about my betterment. Like even what you guys teach about wholeness and flourishing and wellness, people won't really be inspired to pursue that kind of life unless they see their life as something bigger than just their own individual journey. And that's why we're invited as followers of Jesus to not pray my father who is in heaven, but our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so this idea of becoming saints, it invites us into an expansive way of living that invigorates every area of our lives. Yeah, I told you guys that that this was going to be crazy cool because Addison is absolutely passionate about this. And, and I will tell you, Addison, I've, I've met very few uh, young men um, like yourself that hold the passion and what I firmly believe, and I'm just encouraging with this, that, that really gets it, that our whole life is a bigger mission than about us. It's not about me. God chose to put us in this world right now to affect the world. Thank That's God right. at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's cool. You know, he could have picked you to be here at a different time, but he chose you to be here now. So you become this culture shaking uh, 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 sort of leader. And and I really appreciate that. And I love your passion. And, and so. As you share that passion, I'm certain that there were times where you, uh, people would look at you like you're from another planet, (laughs) but they would look at you weird. Did you, have you got some strange comments about what you said? I don't, I don't call myself a Christian. Have you gotten some strange comments? Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you one story. So I was in Nashville actually doing a book tour and I started talking to the manager of a restaurant I was eating at and we just started chatting up and he asked what I was doing in Nashville and. I told him, I told him about the book and he looked at me and he was like, what? <laughs> like, and then, and then we started talking a bit more. He's like, listen, man, I haven't been to church in two decades. He's like, I grew up in church, but I'm disillusioned with God. Yeah. I'm disillusioned with church. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't believe in God. And we went through that whole thing. We talked for a bit and then he got more comfortable with me, Dr. Mark. And this is what he did. He leaned in and he goes, but Hey, if I could be honest with you, after I've had a few beers and I've smoked a couple joints, I start to think about God. Oh, I love that. And I just and I and I just looked at him and I like smiled and I and I just said, "Listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's going on." I said in Ecclesiastes three eleven, it says that eternity was written on your heart. I said there is a largeness, there's a spaciousness inside of you that you cannot deny. It is hardwired into who you are. You were created for intimacy with your Creator, and I just went off right, like casting a new vision of what it means to be the people of God. He leans over, Dr. Mark, while I'm talking, I'm sitting in the middle of the restaurant. He leans over and he goes, do you see these goosebumps all over my arm? He's like, I'm getting chills. He's like, what is happening to me? And I just said, God's after you. 
God's oh. meeting you right here, right now. And I think what we do sometimes when it comes time to apologetics or talking about our faith or the necessity of faith and how that intersects with culture, we try to argue with people. We try to go head to head. But if you speak to people's heart, there are things that are deep inside of us that all of us know to be true. They're woven into who we are. And when you strip apart those safeguards, those protective shields that people put in place, and you speak to that heart, man, stuff starts to come alive. And so I gave him a copy of the book. I had a copy of the book with me. And he said, as soon as I get done with my shift, I'm reading this. So when I left the restaurant, he was sitting in the front of the restaurant reading the book. So this wow. guy, he was just telling me he's agnostic, doesn't believe in God. He's sitting in the front of the restaurant reading the book. And so for me, I think we need fresh language. And I'm not introducing something that's new. It's just fresh because people haven't been using it. And it's time for us, in my opinion, it's time for us to go back to what really worked when the church was turning the world upside down, when Christianity was more than just this little group of people doing their own little practice, living in their own little world. Like that's something that I love about what you and Dr. Michelle do. Like, yes, you guys come from a biblical reference. Like that is your foundation, but you are ministering to people far outside of just that small little world that followers of Jesus sometimes find themselves in and they don't want to move beyond that. And my thing is, hey, let's create some tension. Let's create some friction. Let's actually go out into the margins. Let's reach out to people who are far from God and let's share the gospel message with them in a way that's fresh and going to speak to the real issues of our day. I love that because, you know, it's like uh, I agree with you a thousand percent that that the word Christian has a, a negative connotation because of what it perhaps represents now within our current culture, belief system, etc. And we need to get back to the core of what God is really about and who he yes. is and really live that out. And it's not, you know, we don't need to hear another sermon. We need, to, we need to see more sermons. Absolutely. We need to see more people uh, healed. And on that note, um, you know, when you talk about Jesus, when he walked the earth and the disciples, they healed people, man. I mean, these weren't managing disease conditions with pills. They were healing people. So what's your take on that today, Addison, regarding, um, you know, the world, America, you know, our health and healing and all of that? Yeah, I, I think, and this is why what you guys do is so important. I, I just don't think we understand wholeness. I don't think we understand that we were created for wholeness. So we we think that the existence is essentially like we're managing our brokenness, not moving toward wholeness. Mm. And when you look at look at scripture, there's this beautiful term in the Greek, it's teleos. And we often translate it perfect, but the best way to translate it is whole. It really is. It's a, it's a wholeness that only comes through a journey. It only comes through a process. And we live in a world where everyone's looking for the quick fix. They're looking for the easy answer. They're looking for that, that solution that's the magic bullet. But the truth is, and we know this, in the journey of becoming, it is just that. It's a journey. Mm. And like, I look at you. Okay, I'm looking at you right now through Zoom. There's no way you got that physique from going to the gym for a few weeks or a few months. It just doesn't happen like that. And, and I think because people don't understand the process and understand that the meaning that we crave, right? When we look at life, we're, we're chasing meaning, we're chasing purpose, we're chasing significance, we're chasing community. Those things that we crave and we desire, they only come through a process. Mm. And because our world has found ways to destroy the process or to circumvent the process, we don't have the patience or the vision for wholeness. 
And so what Jesus would do when he would heal people, Jesus could do this better than anyone. He could locate the brokenness. He could locate the disease immediately. He could locate it immediately, pinpoint it, and he could speak to the disease. He could speak to the brokenness and he could bring this, um, you could call it like this, this moment of tension between the brokenness and the wholeness. And in that moment, he would bring them into focus and he would declare wholeness over brokenness. Mm. And whatever solution was necessary for that bridge to be gapped, he would prescribe that solution. I think as we as the followers of Jesus, we understand the significance of wholeness. We're going to become more serious about pursuing it and what it means for our world today. Well, I agree with that. And that's a very, very good word for um, our listeners and viewers today, because it is a it is incumbent upon us as believers to embrace that because we cannot treat God as our sugar daddy, trying to really just fix us, do for us what we want when we want it, because he's our good daddy. He is a God of process. He's a God of unity. He's a God of order. And you're right, you know, um, I've exercised for a long, long time. And, you know, people would think sometimes that there's, you know, you, you cheat to do that. You, you get that. And we've talked yeah. about working out before you and I. So, you know, yeah. they, they think it comes easy. And I've said it before that I'm, I'm not perfect, though, though, but I am practiced. You know, so, yes. Like, yes. come on, man, I'm going to practice. Yes. This. You're practicing something right now, Addison, that is, I feel is very fresh and very alive for our world because we need to start becoming these believers who are practicing what they believe in. And that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Well, and that's the journey to becoming more than Christians. And when people hear this idea of like becoming more than Christians, they're like, wait a second. Number one, I can't be like, I'm not a saint. I'm having a hard time being a Christian. And they, and they think that those two things are different. But the reality is every single person who calls Jesus Lord and Savior, you're called to be a saint. Like that you are called. Mm. In fact, the word saint is closely tied to the idea of being a child of God. Mm. So when you really break down the word and you understand its history and you understand its meaning, you find that it's actually a family association. So when you become mm. a child of God, you're actually a saint. And I don't have time to break that down and get into it. But but the but this is how God works. And God's so amazing. God doesn't see us just as we are today. He sees us as we will be, as you should be. That's a part of what you were getting at with, with the, the way that time works with eternity. Yep. But people who are saints, what they, what they start to do is they start to pull from the eternal. And they're people who reveal the truths and the practices, wholeness, faith, hope, love, those types of concepts of the eternal in the present realm. They do that by partnering with God's spirit who transcends time. So it is through intimacy with God's spirit that we can transcend time because it says in 1 Corinthians 2 that we are God's temple. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's First Corinthians 3. So everywhere we go, God goes with us. So everywhere we go, we're bringing heaven to earth. We're supposed to reveal a different way of living, a different way of being. And if you look at Jesus, he had a favorite subject. He talked about something more than anything else, and it was the kingdom of God. And we hear that, we think heaven, but that's, that's not mm. what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is a way of viewing everything under God's sovereign rule. So it invades this present realm and it invades this present realm as we, the saints, capture a vision of what that means for our everyday lives. And so being a saint isn't about working in quote unquote ministry mm. or being a pastor at a church or living a really good life like Mother Teresa and being canonized by the Catholic Church. That's not what a saint is. A saint is every single 
one of us were called to be saints, stay-at-home moms, people who work in the medical field, people who work as an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you're called to be a saint. You're called to bring heaven to earth. And that is the life that we've been craving. And that's why I say in the book that the good life, it isn't something you find. It isn't something you earn. It isn't something you build at the altars of sex, stuff, and status. The good life is someone you become. Mm. And that's, that's what we all crave. And until we give ourselves to that life, we are not going to discover our true self. We're not going to know what flourishing is. We're not going to know what community and connection looks like. We're not going to have a good idea of what wholeness looks like. We will not be able to be people of discipline because we have no vision. If you don't have a vision, you will never embrace discipline because you're never going to want to move beyond this moment. But when you start catching a vision of what could be, and that's what saints do, they see the unseen. Hebrews 11, where it talks Mm -hmm. about these men and these women who were disruptors. The world was not worthy of them. Why? Because they were exactly what the world needed. The world doesn't need a bunch of people. They're going to do the same things that everyone else is doing. The world needs disruptors. And that's what saints are. They're not little goody two-shoe people. They're disruptors. They see things differently. And because they see things differently, they make change. And that's what we all crave. Do you find that in your world of being a disruptor, that wherever you go, there can be at times a sense of dis-ease, if you will, within an environment? I'm using that term interchangeably, Addison, dis-ease as in sickness, but also dis-ease and like discomfort, you know? So you walk in a room just like Jesus did and you, you can see it, you can feel it, but you don't look at it as a negative. You look at it as a positive. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing about the people of God. Like we're actually supposed to create tension wherever we go. And, and here's, here's why, um, hope, which is one of the great threes in First Corinthians 13, one of the great threes that last forever. So one of the three virtues or qualities that are actually evidence of the eternal. Faith, hope, and love are actually evidence of the eternal, okay? So when we are people of hope, what does that do? It creates tension. You cannot have hope without tension because hope is related to what will be, what could be, what should be. So when we as people of God, when we walk into an environment, there should be tension. Disease should be at dis-ease because we have hope. We are carriers of hope. And that's what Jesus did. And Jesus navigated the tension so beautifully. He didn't use the tension to reject people. He used the tension to draw people in. He said, hey, 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 there's something deeper. There's something more complete. There's something more beautiful. There's something that's more true to who you are that you know deep down inside of you, like this is what you should be doing. This is how you should be living. This is the life that you should be pursuing. And when Jesus comes to the room, we know it's true. We're like, yep, that's it. Like, I'm not going to trade my life for these other things that unmake me. I want to pursue the things that were written on the deepest parts of who I am, because I know that's where I'm going to live a flourishing life. Addison, you, you know, you see the, um, the, 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 not just the physical health of the world, but the, the spiritual health of the world. What do you think in your observation is, is the, the key? And you've touched on this a lot, but if you had to just put it in a, a few phrases, what's the remedy? What's the remedy to get this thing turned around so that we can begin uh, to become a disrupting force in the world once again? Yeah. Well, I think the most disruptive thing that we can do is become integrated beings. And let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, We all the time try to segment 
or fragment or compartmentalize who we are as people. And actually in Hebrew, the idea of like spiritual doesn't even exist. Like it's all interconnected. Um, what we do, everything that we do has ramifications across the board. Like we are like spirit, soul, body. If you want to use the, the try breakdown, there's others who say there's just the spirit and the body and the soul is the tension between the two. I'm not going to get into that right now, but my point is if we don't integrate being, if we don't realize that what we do on Monday is just as important as what we do on Sunday, what we do on Thursday it's just as important as what we do on Tuesday. Until we start to see our entire lives as integrated, we're going to be broken. And we see this with a lot of people in our world today, like they're navigating bitterness, they're navigating brokenness, they're navigating all these different things. And it's causing reactions, it's causing responses in other areas. Or there's, you know, there's a refusal to forgive, there's a refusal to humble ourselves, there's a refusal to learn, to admit that we're wrong. And anytime that happens, anytime you see a flare up, you're going to see a flare up in brokenness. That's just how it works. And so that's why Jesus says, hey, if you want to see a flourishing life, like it's John 17, it's a unity that's not sameness, but it's oneness. Like it's a unity that respects diversity. It's a unity that says, you know what? We don't have the full picture, but because we don't have the full picture, we're going to be students and we're going to respect other people. We're going to come together for a greater purpose. And I think as we do some of those basic things, like basic biblical values, we're going to start to see a lot of healing in our world. Agree with you. And at the time of our broadcast now, there's a lot of upheaval in the world regarding concepts of unity and concept of differences. And I think you hit on something that's really spans across the lines of just living this life of wholeness. And these are prerequisites. These are basic, aren't they? They're just simple things that we all need to get back to, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the gospel message, the, the central theme of the gospel message is this idea of forgiveness and reconciliation like that. It is, it is the most central. That's why Jesus says like, look, if you, if you can't forgive your brother who you do see, like, like, like how can you believe really in essentially like, how can you believe your heavenly father has forgiven you? And so something powerful, something transcendent happens through forgiveness. But in order for us to create an environment for forgiveness, we need to be people of humility. We need to be people. It's not good enough to just go around and be like, hey, you need to forgive. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. We need to model radical humility and also be people who model forgiveness. And that's one of the things that I love about scripture is is we always try to simplify things by categorizing it. But God, he holds these ideas and these principles that seem to contradict each other. He holds them hand in hand. He's like, actually, maturity is learning how to do both. Maturity is learning how to fight for justice and also be people of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, how do I do that? How do I fight for justice and also be people of forgiveness? Well, that's the way of Jesus. (laughs) It's very nuanced. It's very relational. And that's what we're called to do. And anything else will lead to brokenness and confusion. Wow. Strong, strong words. Um, Addison, um, man, I, I've been blown away by this and we're, we're winding down our time, but boy, it goes so fast when you're really into these uh, mutual edification conversations and you've really blessed my heart today. And I know you're blessed many, many people. Um, Thank you, Dr. Mark. Tell people how to uh, connect with you, how, how to get the book. I'm serious now um, with this thing. And I, and I know this, this has got your name on it, but it's really got God's name on it. This is, this is a word for not 
today, but this is a word for eternity because I believe fully that, you know, looking through this, reading through this, that God put these words in the word book. We can hear them and see them and read them, but he used you to do that. And these words are not just for today. They're for this concept of eternity because they really lead us to a place where we need to get back to, to be the world changers and see um, our world, uh, you know, become uh, influenced again by not Christians, but by saints. I really love that. So Addison, uh, tell people how they can connect with you, how they can get your book. Um, talk about the, uh, the TV. I want to hear about that too. And, and yeah. let them know about you. Yeah. Well, Dr. Mark, again, thank you so much for having me on. It's a privilege being on and I have so much respect for what you and Dr. Michelle do, uh, but they can connect with me at addisonbevere.com. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, but for the saints book, and this is the big thing. Like I look, there's an audio book. There's an ebook. I actually read the audio book. It's available through audible or wherever you get your audio books. There's an ebook. There's a physical book. Um, I, and it was hard for me to write a book, but like what you just said right there is important. Like I, my name's on that book because I was the first one to get to read it. I really believe that this is a prophetic message and a necessary message for the people of God today. If you, if you find yourself being like, man, I don't, I don't really know about like this whole Christian thing or like I I've lost fire. I've lost passion. I've lost a sense of context. This book, it's going to light something in you and it's going to give you a fresh vision. And I've also heard from people who've read it. And this has been one of the greatest compliments. They're like, I would give this to any of my friends who is completely far away from God. And I know it would speak to them because of the language that you use and the way that you write. And so if you're out there and you're looking for that, I, I know this will be a great resource for you. And then the organization that I work for, so I'm, I'm actually part of two organizations, sonsanddaughters.tv. And that's primarily for millennials and Gen Z. And we find really fun ways uh, to show that this life, it's an adventure. It's a, it's a journey of discovery. Like we have, we have made so many things too stale and boring as far as like what it is to follow Jesus. And so we have ambassadors all over the world. We're in over 30 countries right now. We've got um, groups and leaders and there's a whole bunch of stuff you can learn there. Just go to sonsanddaughters.tv and then messengerinternational.org is the parent organization that I'm the COO of. And we're all about making disciples. Like that's what we do. Our resources are in 226 to 241 countries and territories. We've uh, translated our resources into enough languages where 98% of the world speaks a language that our resources are in. And uh, we believe that when people see themselves as messengers, everything changes about their life. So that's what we're all about. That's what we're doing. And you and Dr. Michelle are a big part of that. And I can't wait to see you at the Messenger Cup. It's a Messenger Cup. If you're um, interested in that and this podcast in a time manner, tell them when that is in the year 2020 and where. How do they connect with that? So it is like we're completely sold out uh, for 2020. Um, I think we got a waiting list that's like 20 people deep right now, but it's August 19th through the 21st. And if they want to learn more, they can go to messengercup.com. Awesome. Well, Addison, um, you know, I certainly believe that this this book is 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 a word for due season, but I will tell you, um, the Lord knows me and he's walked with me and I've walked with him for a long, long time, but this thing spoke to me. It spoke to me wow. in a profound way and I appreciate that. I appreciate you for having the courage and the boldness to, allow God to speak through you as a voice 
for today. So uh, friends, I encourage you to, whether you like to grab something like this or listen to it or whatever, uh, get this because it will absolutely blow your mind. I do concur that you can give this to anybody and it has the non churchy language. And I really, that's, I don't, that's yes. a language that people don't know. So I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, Thank you, Dr. Mark. What words of encouragement or remarks would you give people right now that are listening? And they're saying, man, I need to be uplifted. What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of tension in our world right now. And, and I, think, I think a lot of people are looking for ways to get rid of the tension, a quick fix. And I would just tell people, life happens in the tension. Meaning happens in the tension. Relationships are forged in the tension. And I would say really lean into the season that you're in. The enemy of our soul, his greatest tactic um, to, to steal meaning, to steal purpose from us is to convince us that it's better in the future or, will, or it was better in the past. Like he doesn't want us to be present. He's terrified of us living and being in the present. So he tries to get us to live in the past or the future. And so I would encourage people like God's on the move. Like he's doing something in your life. He has not forgotten about you. He has not forsaken you. He has not forsaken this world. He is going to use the stirrings and the upheavals and everything that is happening in ways that bring glory to him. It's just like, that's how God works. That's how he's always worked. That's how he'll continue to work. And so be people that aren't afraid of the tension. Be people that are not afraid of the process. Be people who are not afraid to get your hands messy because I believe that God is doing something profound and it's only going to be available to the bold, to the people who are willing to take a step, to the people who are willing to embrace discipline, the people who are willing to, to just say, you know what? I'm ready for something more. I'm ready for something different. There you go, friends. I think the question that we all have is this. For, for you and all of us, are you all in? Are you, are you, are you going for it, man? Are you going to hold back? Because you can't go all in with any fear or trepidation. And I think that's a, a wonderful way for all of us to sort of take this broadcast and go on. Um, Addison, I appreciate you so much. And uh, it's, it's you, a real Mark. honor. And uh, I, I would say we need to do this again because there's so many areas that we can dive into more and, and I want to. So um, we, we shall do that, sir, for sure. Sounds good. Yes, um, sir. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us in today's uh, broadcast. Uh, please, please, please. Um, one thing I would ask you to do is after every episode, subscribe if you haven't already so you can find out what's coming up next because in this journey we're on together, we're trying to really uncover the missing link and the missing links by so we can be the best uh, person we can be, live this whole life, live this peaceful life, live this impactful life and continue to grow together as we get better together. So with that said, I'll look forward to seeing you next week. We'll catch you later.